I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with me compadre, Benji Nyson, for Giro d'Italia Stage 18, a big transition stage, 231 kilometers long, sunny conditions, so no shortening of the stage today. And because of Morbenio last year, they've put some hills at the end of the stage just so that it looks like it has more of a purpose, but this is going to be a 100% break stage as we expected. So pretty much flat for the first 200Ks and then a collection of four climbs to spice up the last 40, 35 kilometers. They're 35 ks 4%, straight into 5Ks, 4%. Then a descent, and then one and a half k, seven and a half percent, the steepest of them, but short. Then a descent, short little valley, and then two and a half k's at five point seven percent. Then pretty much a descent or false flat descent to the finish from the crest of that, that a nine k or no, sorry, less than that six k descent. So it's getting warmer now in Europe. I want to give a big shout out to our show partner, Lacole. They've got the Mountain Pro Air jerseys. They've been dropping across the last month some new designs have come through recently i encourage you to go and check them out if you're interested one of the uh super fans long time listener graham wrote, told me that the lrcp20 all caps lrcp20 discount code works on top of already discounted items which is a bit of a life hack so if you want to get a pro air jersey or the new pro aero jersey you can go and check them out on our show partner lacole but benji I want you to explain to me why Peter Sagan personally was chasing down breakaways today, trying to limit people getting in the break. Just from start to finish, why is that happening rather than him getting in the break himself? So we know that Peter Sagan starting the stage is leading the Ciclamino jersey. So the points classification of the Giro d'Italia, and he's doing that with a margin on the second person in that, being Chimulai. He's now at 135 Sagan. 113 this morning was Chimulai. So that is, uh, oh God, 22 points if my math serves me right. And 25 on the third place, that is Gaviria. We know that Gaviria has UAE around him. We know that Chimulai has Israel around him. Sagan has Bora around him. When it comes to forming a breakaway, a lot of teams today are going to be interested to get into that breakaway because the stage on paper looked like a breakaway stage because there's only those three Riders that have a team that might be interested in a potential sprint. But Chimulai and Israel haven't done so for the entirety of this Giro. And they haven't really put much into Chimulai when it comes to trying to catch people and trying to catch back certain areas and breakaways to try and get this Chiclamino with Chimulai. So I wasn't expecting anything from Chimulai and Israel in regards to trying to control the breakaway today. The points classification of the Giro is a bit different than the one from the Tour de France. The Tour de France has the super sprints on every single stage, the intermediate sprint that gives you 20 points. In the Giro, that is scaled between the types of stages. So you've got category A plus B stages, category C stage, and category D and E stages. In category A stage, which is basically the flatter ones, you've got 
2012 and so forth as the points to uh, gain if you go in the breakaway. And in all honesty, well, the ones on mountain stage just aren't that worthy to go into. And that's why he's thinking if I save it here, if I close down the breakaways that include, well, my two closest opponents, then I will not have the uh, issue that they will certainly gain points today. And with the limited amount of points that being given in the next few days, it's going to be very much unlikely that they're going to uh, be taking all those points are gone and taking them away from me. It's kind of resulted in a bit of defensive racing from Bora. They didn't get anyone into this break, which I think even with the Chiclamino yeah. sort of rationale Benji described, it's still they could have put Aliotti or Groshan or Benedetti. Surely one of them could have gotten a break and then had Oss maybe policing with Sagan behind. But we had a big, strong break that did go and then Ineos completely switched off. Peloton's irrelevant today. I think they're still riding <laughs> as we're recording. Here's the break. Rivi, Nico Denz, Wesley Crater, Battistella, Zana, Gavazzi, Mosca, Cataldo, Ponema, Oldani, quick man for uh, Lotto Sudal, Desfazion, Pelo, Recese, Roche, Consoni, the lead-out man for Viviani, Vermeersch, quite strong for Alpsin, Gorka, Izaguirre, Vendrame, already won a stage, Nicky Assant, it's one stage of the Giro from break before, Bevan, sort of strong in... Romandy, Cavagna, Betiol, and Diego Ulysses. So the big favourites out of that group were Ulysses. I mean, he's won a Giro stage every year of his life, Betiol and Cavagna, because we do have those collection of hills. So Ulysses, if it's a sprint and it's re- really even further reduced, or Betiol, Cavagna on the attack. And I think we'll fast forward, Benji, to the base of the first hill because pretty much nothing happens it's the large group and we knew the hit with 200 k's done they were going to attack on that first hill which wasn't particularly steep and it was nico roche i think leading a group with betiol and and it was a bit of tension benji between there's the sprinty boys in the group like aunt and then the climbing guys who know they can't um yeah they can't win from a sprint and then there's the rulers so who I think was in that group and he was a Betiol and co. And, and when did Cavagna then decide to make his move? Well, that the group indeed had, well, different people. And if you know that you're a ruler, then you're going to try and make a move just before a climb to have a bit of a gap on people that are better at climbing. If you're a sprinter, you try and do the same. If you're a climber, you try and make a difference on the climb. It's all kind of logical. And, uh, well, Cavagna, he uh, decided to go with about 26 kilometers to go. And that was, uh, I think, not on the first climb anymore, right? Or, no, it was on the second. Yeah. yeah. And he actually made a pretty solid gap the first time around because it's the kind of attack you make and then the other people in the group are like, oh God, who's going to close this down? And you know that if Cavagnol's making a move, then he's not going to do so slowly. The TGV was, uh, was off for a tiny bit and the gap was starting to open up and then you're starting to wonder, uh, how is this descending going to be? Because <laughs> we've had... Mixed signals in the past from Cavagna. We had that one horrendous descent that he had in uh, some USA race. And Cali. then Cali, correct? And then we had some decent descending in other races. Let's be real. He's not always horrendous at descending. And, well, uh, today we uh, started seeing him at 24 seconds, I think, the start of the descent. And on the descent itself, he took his corners oh, offline so, so much. It was just a reminder of Cali again. It wasn't as bad. Like... To be honest, it wasn't as bad, but 
it wasn't oh, good. Oh, mate, he, he nearly crashed three times. But then again, he, you're trying to he's trying to descend on the limit to keep yeah. his gap. I mean, some with Sagan's nearly crashed in corners. Yeah, you know, right. like Nibali's crashed on the Chiviglio descent. No nearly. need to remind us. No, well, what's the one? No, no, I was saying in the hairpin, he didn't crash. He just no, pushing, no, no, it, no. pushing it, pushing it to the limit. What's his nickname, Benji? What's the name of a regional? If he's the TGV uh, on the flats and false flat uphills, what's his? What's a regional French train for the downhills that's really slow and is always late? We could, that could be his downhill nickname. Maybe someone can comment <laughs> down below. <laughs> so the SNCF or something? They're all right. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was one of those stages, I think. And we saw Betiol. Closing with Nico Roche. Betiol was an animal today. Be- Bevan initially was doing work on the front as if he had Chimalai in the group, but he wasn't in the group. What do you make of Roach with his hands tied, Benji? Betiol goes up the road chasing Cavagna on the climb, 25-second gap. Do you pull, trying to keep it close so that Arch can win the sprint, or is it better to just have Roche try and mark Betiol? Oh, I think that... It's a good question. I think that I would have been working together with Betiol as Roach because you've still got the next climb to uh, to try and get rid of him. The problem is that Betiol is obviously a better sprinter than, than Roach, which means that if they end up in the same group at the finish line, then he's not going to be beating him. So we need to drop him. And in all honesty, so far in that stage, I didn't see any weakness in Betiol more than Roach. So I kind of understand that Roach didn't take over. Yeah, I, I, I get Roche sitting on. I think Roche was slightly quicker on the downhills than Betiol, yeah. uh, but on the climbs, Betiol was certainly stronger. So we get to the second to last climb, 1,500 metres long, steeper, not Cavania's preferred terrain. He's got a twenty healthy gap, 25 seconds on Betiol and Roche. Betiol attacks out of the group with Bevan, trying to close it, as I said, and he eats into it quickly. The, the Italian time gaps are saying the gap has gone from 30 to 35. Meanwhile, we see Cavagna in the saddle grinding, and Betiol's like sprinting at 800 watts out of the saddle. I was like, that is incorrect. But he <laughs> Cavagna makes it over the top clear, I think, with 15 seconds. Yeah. And on the descent, I think he gained a bit on the descent. I mean, we were just roasting him a little bit, but he was pushing it maybe harder than Betiol. He certainly gained in this like three to four K valley between the two climbs. He was gaining on Betiol, who we saw dropping Roche off the wheel at points uh, out of corners. So Roche was definitely on the limit. You got to remember these guys done two twenty Ks at this point, third week of a GT. I think Cavagna goes into his short favorite for the stage live at this point, but they hit the last climb 2.6 Ks, 5.7% big ring climb for these guys. Cavagna's looking good, but then Betiol, He's clawing him back 15 seconds, 10 seconds. We then see that uh, long, the long shot. You see Cavania in the distance. Betiol drops Nico Roche, and then Betiol suddenly at Cavania's back wheel and pretty much rides past him. The TGV cracks, and uh, he was gone, like fully cracked Cavania, and we knew at that point that there's no way he was winning the stage. We've got this descent into town. I'll ask Benji about Cavania after that we've done the finish, descent into town, and no one was really bringing back Betiol at that point. I think he, yeah, he looked like he was still going strong in the group behind. Whilst they were catching Nico Roche, there wasn't too much cohesion there either. I think Arndt was cooked. He'd been dropped and he was trying to chase them back. And it was Betiol winning this stage, his first Grand Tour stage win. Crazy to think about that. And a great win for him, EF, and, and as an Italian in the third week winning this stage. Um, just yeah, Tour of Flanders, and now big gap, and then winning today. 
it's like just a weird Palmari. It's just a strange sort of rider and his strange skills. But yeah, got the job done today. And then it was Consoni, I think, second Benji. Is that maybe a better result than Viviani so far? 17 seconds back then, Roche aren't DSM 3 4. That's why I asked the question of Benji what should they have done differently? If anything, you'll see fifth, Battistella sixth, Zana seventh, Tesfazion eighth, Cavagna ninth, gapped another seven seconds back, and Mosca tenth. But my question, Benji, is did Cavagna go too early? We've seen him do this. He's so strong. Did he go one climb too early? Well, in hindsight, it's easy to say, but I don't think so. Like, uh, in hindsight, you'd say, oh, he went too early, but. I think that if he went the climb later, he would also be more tired and thus his attack might not have been going solo. It might have been having Betiol in his wheel. So I I think that for Cavagna's attacks to work, they need to be in a moment that the other climbers are not yet ready to make their move. And if he waits until the moment where the others are going to make their move, then he's likely not going to get away against the climbers. So I don't think he went too early. I think he uh, he did what he thought was right that for him usually uh works out pretty well and the fact that you've got that plateau section a bit between the climbs as well offers him the opportunity to push that a bit forward but yep i think that there was just too much climbing for Cavagna to uh to beat the people that he uh had to beat on this kind of terrain so oh uh, yeah uh, i don't think you can really blame him too much for the movie made i think that all in all, the strongest man in the breakaway won today. Yeah, Betiol's hella strong. And I think the sequencing of the climbs was difficult for Cavagna, as Benji said. If he doesn't go on the, on the second climb, well, how is he going to go on the 1,500-metre 7.5% climb with a steeper section? That doesn't suit him at all. He's just going to be hanging on there. I guess his option then is to go if he's still with the group and someone like Betiol hasn't attacked, which he probably would have, the valley before the last climb, but then he's on the defensive. It's difficult. And I think with someone like Betiol in the group, it's it just was almost impossible for him to win. There was one or two, one climb too many for Cavagna, but good try nonetheless. And it was quite an interesting, I thought quite an exciting last 30 Ks. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and it was good to see Betiol win. In terms of GC, nah, nothing happened. And uh, they're all rolling in tomorrow's stage. I know that nothing happened. They were 20 minutes back, but still 230Ks in the legs. It's still tiring in the third week. Tomorrow's stage from Abiategrasso to Alpe de Miro, Mira, rather, 166Ks long. They did change the first climb. It's no longer going to Motorone. It's being diverted because out of respect for the Piedmont region, I think the Piedmont local government requested that it was moved because of the uh, tragic cable car accident that was in that region last week or so. So doing a 12.8K, 3% climb, we don't think that changes the race too much, to be frank. And then another climb, second last climb, Paso de la Colma, 7.7K, 6% descent, false flat uphill valley then 9.6 k's nine percent i think this suits bernal more than the other day at least he said so uh are you seeing sensing another dan martin win today tomorrow benji or someone like that in the break do you think i mean becks have lost nick schultz who's going to be controlling or have the cojones to control tomorrow's stage you just had to go there didn't you had to (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to uh this stage, I think that indeed, like most of these stages so far in this Giro, I'd argue the break is most likely to win. Um, the problem that I see with these kind of stages, though, is that the last climb is the biggest. So 
that's always a bit against the breakaway because that makes that you need a substantial amount of minutes on the last climb. With the 9% average for 10 kilometers, I think that probably four or five minutes if if Ineos is pushing real hard, well, probably not. Probably like four minutes why, that they why need. Why would they, though? On the climb why itself, you know? Push? But why before would the climb, they wouldn't. But even on the climb, don't you think they'll be? Do you think they'll be confident, or do you think they'll be false pushing? What, what would you do? <laughs> it would, would be funny to see like other teams push, and then like five riders of Ineos just like sitting in their wheel. <laughs> well, but you're right. Like they, today was very good for them that it's a slow tempo in the peloton, uh, finishing twenty minutes behind. It's good for for Bernal that nothing happened on today's stage. On tomorrow's stage, he's gonna get people that are pushing against him. But who's left? Like let's be honest, Trek. Trek was is, is in shambles with Chicone out of the race. Yeah. His hand is is not pretty great at the moment. Then you look at, like you mentioned, Nick Schultz being gone for Yates' team. That's his best climber that was helping him out. And then we look at Caruso's team, and you've got the fact that half their team is gone. And who's left? I don't think Arashiro's going to make the difference on the, fast, on the last climb today. No offense to Arashiro. He's a nice guy. But... Like, who's left? You've EF. got EF, but... No confidence. They'll have Garfi, no confidence in Cardi. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, he hasn't been up there recently. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Same with Vlasov. What are you going to do? Pace and then get the, get them dropped again and have people laugh at you. Like, yeah. That's, you know, that's been happening. I think if I'm Ineos, honestly, I'm, I try and make this stage an absolute snoozer. And yeah, I go... I, I said I let break go. I just control with Ghana. Those two climbs in the middle there should be no problem for Nardavais and Moscon at all. You'd probably even want it, you'd be able to keep them for the last climb. And then I ride 5.2, 5.3 on the last climb. What's Pekilo? None of this 5.7, 5.8 from the other day. And uh, if if someone else wants, if someone else wants to take it up from the bottom, mm-hmm. I think you I think you pace it back. With your team, you do that. You go back to your roots, the Ineos strategy. If the Yates wants to attack early, because I mean, I don't see his team being able to set up something nuclear on this climb and pace for five, six k's. Because there's steep sections here in the seventh and eighth k, eleven point two, eleven point three. The steep stuff here. But if they go to that section, it's not, they're not be fresh. But if they if they haven't had someone setting five point eight, five point seven, and it's been slower then Yates' attack, one would think, would be less effective. So that's what I would do if I was in Yates. Go back to your roots, set a defensive train, and I know that's what people don't want to hear, but that's what they've got to do, I think. Yep. Uh, and if, if Yates wants to attack, let him go and just limit the losses like you did in Catalonia, like you've been doing for a decade, and, and let Martinez close it. Because Yates, Yates likes to attack. Gets a thirty second gap and then he sits on that and yep. he, he he doesn't really extend it. You saw it practically attack got within ten seconds of Pagacha, couldn't close it. Got within thirty seconds of Martin, couldn't close it. And I think you just don't you want to nurse Bernal. Um, do you see them being aggressive, Benji, uh, or am I being? What would you do if if you were them? I think I agree with your strategy. To, well, not your strategy, but like the the plan you played out for the majority of the teams. The problem is that there's really no GC rider that has an incentive to pace on this day. Like we mentioned every single team so far, except the SM, but Bardet wasn't looking too great on Stigadiala either. So they're gonna, not going to have the confidence to to pace here as well. So I think that looking at GC, the entire top 10 is sealed for me. I think 
if your 10th on on 13 minutes and the 11th rider is on 19 minutes, then it's likely that the top 10 is going to stay the same until someone collapses. And then you look at who's going to fight for top five. Well, it's all closed there, but is the battle going to be happening on this stage? I don't think so. So it's all stuff like that. I do think that Almeida is the one rider that could have the confidence after Sigariala to try something. Yeah, good call. But um, the problem is how much is the Koenig willing to do for him on this kind of stage? And I wish they I would. don't think pacing throughout the stage is going to be worth it for them because they're going to be needed in the upcoming stages. While this stage is not necessarily the hardest of the ones that are coming in terms of clients following up each other. So I'm looking at the breakaway to win. I am really surprised that Bora didn't put a single soul of their riders in the breakaway today because, well, Fabro, Groschartner, Ali Alti, all those riders couldn't have been in the break today and they were not. Are they going to be there tomorrow? I think that Bora should put someone in the breakaway next to Chiclamino jersey. Their Giro so far has been, well, in shambles due to the Buchmann uh, crash. Um, so that team I expect to put someone in the break of Fabro, you, n- you never know, something like that. Aliotti for Aolo, yeah, Aliotti, a good rider for that. Pedrero, perhaps again for Movistar, but I think yeah. he's better at the, uh, I would have said he's better at the climbs that follow each other up, but I'm not actually sure about it. I think he's just a decent climber at the moment, and Pedrero actually deserves a victory at this point, I'd say. Uh, and then we're looking at the same people as always. Yumbo, George Bennett, is he going to try again? He could try again. It's his only way to get into the top 10 is by gaining time by going in a breakaway here. And he is currently sitting 11th in GC, six minutes behind Dan Martin. So he needs to do something like that to get into the top 10. So I expect George Bennett to be in the tag in at least one of the coming days. Formolo, he's now 15, 14th in GC on, on 30 minutes. He needs to do something. Otherwise, why are you here? Like, no offense, because I think that he had a puncture in Montalcino and he's in my yeah. Velo Games team, so I do appreciate you. Me too. But <laughs> well, tomorrow, um, it's bring a teammate in the break day. You look at you look at this profile. <laughs> look at look at the long valleys between these climbs. Yeah. And as Benji said, it doesn't suit the Feeney for George Bennett. Yeah, exactly. A Feeney. Um Almeida needs to have teammates. Who who's the other name you said? I don't Evan think Almeida's gonna be in the break. What I would love to happen and would make it a more exciting stage if is if the 10th on GC type guys, Almeida and Bennett and Co. and Dan Martin, get into the break because then... Eight minutes Ineos, and a half. Ineos should, be happy. That. Ineos should be happy with that because that means they don't have to do shit all day because then EF or Asana will blink, one would think, and they'll chase it down. The, or bike yep. exchange will chase it. So that would even allow Ineos to take their foot off the gas a little bit because their gap is so big to Bernal that it's not positive. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see Dan Martin in the break again, but, yeah, these valleys are really long, and that's what tends towards mm-hmm. break. If if maybe the bike exchange can get a Callum Scottson over the – Trutnik. Yeah, Trutnik. I mean, Caruso – I don't know. They got, as Benji said, maybe they were thinking about stage twenty, which is a lot harder. Uh, the Verpania, Valespluga, Alpemotta stage is harder than tomorrow. But I think hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully it's not <laughs> like a a twenty minutes sort of thing again, uh, where we get not like Dan Martin winning from the break yesterday. It's class. He did really good wasp per kilo, really strong. I, I bet you're winning today. I, I like seeing that sort of breakaway win. I hope it's not like a, a yeah a weird sort of stage. We're just no one in the peloton chases behind and someone almost wins 
Ulysses would be nice actually from the break. I'd love to see Ulysses, although it'd be third day in a row. But yeah, we don't. <laughs> I'm thinking break. Benji's thinking break because that's what this year has been. But hopefully Almeida takes back five minutes out of the GC group and takes his first professional stage win. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Any yeah. other last thoughts on today or tomorrow, Benji? I think that today's stage was a bit of a snoozer, personally. I It was a bit of a meth third week stage. I, I got to be honest in that. I think that tomorrow is going to be similar, but I'm very much looking forward to the mountain stage afterwards. And uh, I hope that the rest of this week becomes as interesting as the Sigadiala one because this Giro could very much become a very close one by the end, unexpected a few days ago. But I don't really have too much to add next to that. I think that that's about it. We got the uh, Fraturum de Dauphiné coming up this weekend, which is uh, insane to think about. We're not prepared for it. Our bodies aren't ready, but we'll be covering it nonetheless. But until tomorrow's Stage 19 recap, ciao. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.